Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Aligned to Performance podcast, the podcast that goes beyond the day-to-day to help you pivot and build your dream personal business of impact so that you can create your most aligned life of purpose and potential. My name is Trang, your host for the show, and this week I'm coming at you from a really happy place. I mean, let's be real, I'm always happy, but this week in particular has been so touching. Um, Firstly, it was my birthday. (laughs) Yes, so I celebrated my birthday this week. I turned 28 years old, and although in some ways, you know, birthdays is just another day of life. It's a good excuse to celebrate. It is a good excuse to celebrate all of the experiences and the joy and the accomplishments that we've had in the last year. And it's an excuse to get together with those who we love, those closest to us and and share um, joy, share happiness with them. So I've been able to do that and that has been so much fun. But also... On Monday night, I wrapped up the latest round of Power Your Potential. Um, And I haven't actually spoken about Power Your Potential much, I think. But over the last five weeks, I've been running the latest rounds of Power Your Potential. And it has been such an incredible experience. Like this latest round was fully booked with 10 phenomenal women from all over the world. Out of the 10 women, they were spread out across all. Five continents, Australia, America, Asia, Europe, and Africa. And the results that they got were just mind-blowing. Like one of the attendees who is a pharmacist who released her first single just before the um, course started got that single debuted on the radio and someone else got started on her, on her very first business idea that she'd been sitting on for a long time. So it's just so rewarding and it's such a reminder that this is the exact reason that I do what I do. And in the last call on Monday night, um, as we were wrapping up, you know, there were tears, there was laughter. Um, and I also sent out a questionnaire as a bit of reflection and feedback for, um, for the attendees. And the words that I received, the reflections that I received was so touching. It was just so lovely. And I really want to share a few of them with you. The first one, Trang, that was life-changing. I can't believe I was sitting on the fence at the start and to think if I hadn't joined, how much of an opportunity I would have left on the table and I'd still be living a smaller version of myself. I love that. And and here's another one. Just brilliant. Thank you, Trang, for your continued guidance through the course and entertaining my questions. And the last one that I wanted to share, exceeded my expectations The shift in me is so great to see and I've been trying personally for so long. So power your potential was just what I needed. And I love these reflection pieces because it is so fulfilling to me to read, but also it is evidence of how much can change in a short amount of time when we truly decide that we are ready. When we truly decide that we are 
going to commit and we immerse ourselves in an environment that is uplifting, that is inspirational, that will hold us accountable. And I want to mention, like, if this speaks to you and you, you missed out on the previous rounds of Power Your Potential, I know that there are already a few of you on the wait list for the next one. Um, the next one isn't going to be for a while, but I do want to encourage you to consider the A-Tribe. And I've mentioned this in the past few episodes, but this is actually your last chance to join because we start next week. The A-Tribe, which is a, a tribe for women who know that they are made for more. And this is going to be a the perfect taster or teaser because it is an ongoing membership. So you can be part of this tribe and start to elevate your norms and your standards and the decisions that you make and therefore the results that you get. It's an ongoing membership so that each month it's one live group coaching call. You'll also be in a group chat where each week you have weekly support and answers to your questions. You have a guidance, you have accountability, you have inspiration. Um, you also get access to virtu- all the virtual workshops I've run, as well as early bird specials for Power Your Potential and Life of Legacy. So it's the perfect taster because it's n- not as it's not as a big of a jump and not as big of a commitment as say power your potential or life of legacy is and i know that not everyone can access you know those other group programs um and that is actually one of the reasons why I decided to create the a tribe because my mission is impact and if that is the reason why I do what I do, why wouldn't I create something that is going to be accessible for any woman, regardless of her life situation or where she is on her journey? Um, so this is your last chance to join the A-Tribe. I'll put the link in the podcast show notes if you would like to apply and join to get started next week. Okay, we're six minutes into the episode. It is time to get things moving. So let's now talk about the story of my quarter-life crisis and how I got through it. And the reason why I want to share this story with you, and this is actually the first time that I'm sharing this story in so much detail. The reason why I'm sharing this today is because in recent times, I've had a lot of conversations with women who are at a fork in the road. Up until now, they have enjoyed what they've done. They've been good at what they're doing. They have followed a particular path. But at this point, looking forwards to the next chapter of their life, they're questioning if this is what they, they, they still want to do. They're questioning what path they should take next. They're questioning what do they really want to achieve and who do they really want to become and what do they really want to make of their life. So they're at a fork in the road and this point in our journey can be very confusing. It it can be really overwhelming because there are all these, it it might be two paths, but could even be more and it can feel overwhelming of, oh my gosh, I don't know what choice to make and I I just, I'm scared. What if I make the wrong choice? Like, uh, like I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to make no decisions. I'm just going to stay here and continue on the path that I'm on for a while longer. And then this generates that 
experience of a quarter life crisis or or even a midlife crisis where we are evolving and we are questioning everything that we already understand about ourselves, about life and integrating that to ensure that the next path that we take is going to be the most aligned and most true path to us. So I want to share this story because what I went through is going to resonate with a lot of you and I can share with you what worked for me in order for me to work through this crisis, which by the way, I've said it before, it's actually an awakening. It's not a crisis. (laughs) It is an opportunity for us to evolve into a more true and higher version of ourselves. So it's an awakening, but I'm just going to call it a crisis because that's how it's more commonly known. So let me start from the beginning. So years before my quarter life crisis happened, it was set up through the way that I was brought up. I was brought up in a very high achieving environment. You know, naturally, my parents are immigrants and they wanted to set me and my sister up for the most secure and successful life. And that is so understandable. So there was a lot of expectations and in a way there were a lot of there was a lot of pressure growing up. So in school, I was the kid who knew her times tables before anyone else. I was a little piano whiz. I started when I was seven years old and I practiced every day for almost a decade. Uh, I went to Vietnamese school on top of day school and on, on Saturdays, that's what I did. I, I did extra study. I did extra learnings. And from prep to year 12 in Vietnamese school, my sister and I would win best in the class and then second best in the class each year from prep from prep to year 12 we would cons- like respectively win first and second my sister would get first and i'd get second every year <laughs> that's why she is the golden child anyway that's a whole story for another time and and yeah like we just shone we were the best in the class at vietnamese school we were the best in the class in day school and you can probably imagine we weren't very popular but that's how we were brought up. Like there was this work ethic that was drilled into us that surpassed 99% of the other students. So you can imagine when I graduated high school, there was no other option than to go to uni. And I did. And then eventually graduated with my master's of physiotherapy. I worked for a few years and I was starting to make a name for myself. Um, and I thought I was set. I thought this was it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to become the best uh, physiotherapist and strength and conditioning coach in the world. That was my plan. Until one morning when I was 24 years old. This particular morning, something happened that set me down a whole new course from what I thought I was going to do. What happened was I had gotten up early to go for a run. And when I stepped out onto the sidewalk to begin, I hear a crunch. And I'm like, what's that? What's going on? And when I look down, I see that I have stepped on a snail. Now, this isn't the first time I've stepped on a snail before, but for some reason, this particular morning, 
I couldn't stop thinking about it. I felt guilty. I felt guilty at the thought of by me just living my own life, doing my own thing, I'd caused an effect on something outside of me. Like so much of an effect in this instance that I had killed something. I'd actually killed someone. Yeah, I, you could say I became a murderer that day. <laughs> so that is what I started to notice within myself. And later that run, I actually remember running up a hill to look over the neighborhood as the sun was rising. And I started to see the bigger picture. Like I felt guilty about this snail, yet my lifestyle in general was already neglecting so many other forms of life on this planet. Um, and in particular, something that came to me was the fact that I was the biggest meat eater. And yet I felt guilty about this one snail. I'd never connected the dots of what I put on my plate was something that was creating demand and contributing to the suffering and death of other sentient beings. I mean, I knew it, but I never really thought about it. I never really connected the dots and, and understood it. It never really landed. So this got me thinking more and more over the months that followed that morning, I started to see more ways and other ways that my existence would have a flow on effect and have consequences that I would never see and I'd never think about. Like whether it was a plastic that I was using or the clothes that I was wearing. And, you know, this all started with me stepping on a snail, which is just ridiculous. Like I'm telling you, one day... <laughs> One day I'm going to have a book that is going to be titled The Snail That Changed My Life. <laughs> like it's so whack, like you wouldn't expect it. But it just, it does show that it's the smallest things in our life that have the power to create the most meaningful change. It's the smallest things, but we do need to stop and reflect in order to activate that change. So over the coming months, what it felt like was it felt like I'd had a veil taken out from in front of my eyes. You know, like I started to see things that I never saw before. I started to feel things that I never felt before. And it, it sent me spiraling. You know, I started to recognize the power that I had, yet how small I still was. You know, I, I had so much of an impact, yet I was still just one person. You know, how would I ever be able to create enough of a change that this world needed? How could I ever create change fast enough? Because each day that would go by, all I was seeing was that there is more suffering in humanity, in the environment, in the lives of different animals and that crushed me. It really did. And I felt so insignificant. I felt helpless. It got to the point where I started to resent the role of humanity on the devastation of the planet. I was just becoming this really jaded, angry person. This was the quarter life crisis 
in action. You know, there were days where I would wake up and I'd just be so apathetic about going into work. Like I'd be going into the work to show someone how to squat, showing how to show someone how to do wrist exercises. And I knew that out there, there was mass atrocities happening, there was mass suffering. Like, and I would be so distraught that I'd cry. I'd just burst into tears. Like I remember there was one day I was driving just to the supermarket and I was in the car and I couldn't get images out of my head of some of the suffering that I had witnessed and I would cry and I couldn't even get out of the car. So I knew that I needed to change. I needed to become and do more. Yet, I felt stuck because I felt tired to doing what I was already doing. Like up until now, I'd gotten a master's degree. I'd established myself. I'd built a name as a physiotherapist and as a running and strength coach. And now what? I was going to throw it all away and start all over again? I had so much fear. I I had you know, these thoughts of, oh my gosh, what are other people going to think of me? What if I fail? Like my ego was like, can you really give this up to do what? Well, like become a volunteer, become an activist, become one of those annoying, militant, preachy activists. Like I had all of this, all of these thoughts circulating in my mind and, and I was smack bang in the middle of this quarter life crisis. And this lasted for about a year. It lasted for about a year. I, I sat on it. I felt like I was sitting on the fence, didn't know which direction I wanted to go. I felt like every day I had the weight of the world on my shoulders. I felt like I had the weight of this awareness and this feeling of responsibility. Yet I was, I was paralyzed. I didn't know what to do. Until about a year later, when I went to a retreat with one of my mentors, that was a life and business retreat. And at this retreat, everything changed. Because one of the things that we did at this retreat was to connect to our heart's purpose, our heart-led purpose. And I got taken through a particular visualization experience one that I now run all of my clients through. And that visualization experience was what ended my quarter life crisis there and then. And this visualization is the deathbed visualization. And we actually talked about this a few episodes ago in a little bit more depth with Laura Brokart, one of my clients who also ended her confusion and became crystal clear on what it is that she wanted to do through doing this deathbed visualization. It's a half an hour visualization where, in short, we, we take ourselves to the last day of our life. We visualize ourselves on our deathbed and we ask ourselves, you know, if we continue down the path that we're going down now and we eventually get to our deathbed, where would we be? How would we feel? Compared to if we woke up on our deathbed and we were there after living the most impactful, um, extraordinary, high, highest life as the highest version of ourselves, then how would we feel? Where would we be? And it's essentially seeing that contrast, which 
often wakes us up to, oh my gosh, something needs to change and it needs to change now. So I did this visualization process, this deathbed visualization at this retreat. And as soon as I completed that visualization, I was one in tears realizing what the only thing that mattered to me was. The only thing that mattered to me was me living a life that meant something. Like what was the point of living this life if I got to the end of it and nothing had changed in the world? Like what was the point? You know, I, there were, you know, yes, I am one person and I can't change the world, but I can still do the best that I can. I can still do the best within my lifetime to have as much of an impact as possible. And that is the best that I can do. And that is still better than nothing. And that's what I saw. I was like, well, I'm really only about a quarter of the way through my lifetime. I still have so much time, so much power to do more. And that is the only thing that matters. Nothing else matters anymore. Not my fears, not my fear of the unknown, fear of judgment, fear of failure. None of that matters anymore. The only thing that matters is that I do everything in my power to create change in the way that I feel so pulled to, that I feel so much passion towards. So I then realized well, what do I do? Like, do I volunteer? Do I start up a non-for-profit? Like, what do I actually do? And then I talked to my mentor at the retreat and he said something that was so profound. What he said was, Trang, you know, the way that you're thinking at the moment, you want to be on the front lines, don't you? You want to get your hands dirty. You want to get involved. But what if you don't have to be on the front lines to make a difference? Like, for example, imagine this. Imagine that you were... You're, you're alive in a time of war and you want to help injured soldiers. What would be the most impactful way to help the soldiers? Would it be becoming a nurse or a doctor and working in the hospitals to help them? Or would it actually be taking a step back and becoming the person who ends the war? And I was like, mind blown. You know, my ego had told me that I needed to put myself in the war. Otherwise, I was being selfish. I was like, you know, sitting in my comfortable air-conditioned room as everyone else out there was getting their hands dirty. But at the same time, there's no point being in the war if a bomb came and wiped me out along with everyone else. I had to step back and actually go to the root and end the war, not just help people in the war. So then I was like, okay, well, what's the war that I need to end? Well, people aren't trashing the environment or turning a blind eye to mass suffering because they don't know that this is out there. It's not that they don't know. They don't need to be told. But they need to become connected. It's like like what I had previously. I'd always known that I was eating meat of animals. I'd always known that I you know, was using plastic or using paper that was causing forests to be cut down. I'd always known these things, but was I truly emotionally connected to it? Did I truly understand it? Was I truly conscious to this reality and and, and this connection? 
and I wasn't. So that's when I decided instead of working in the sports industry and helping people as athletes, I needed to step out and help people as human beings. And that's why I made it my lifetime mission to raise the levels of consciousness of individuals. That is my mission, to raise the levels of consciousness of individuals and help them thrive. Help them thrive in their life, live their best life, and then live out their purpose so that they can then spread, spread the ripple effect of impact as well. And I really do believe that when enough individuals thrive, then humanity will thrive. And then when humanity thrives, then the world will thrive for all forms of life and future generations. And from this moment, I became so clear. I became so connected that there was no more friction. I took action. Within a month from this retreat, I um, rebranded the business completely. And then I went all in to help individuals as human beings, help them step into their greatest power and to thrive in their life, you know, build their business of impact, step into their legacy. And that is how I am now able to, to shine my light as a result of the quarter life crisis that I had the quarter life awakening. Because if you're in a quarter life or a midlife crisis now, remember, it's not a crisis. Like it's not an accident that you're feeling like that, feeling like this. It's no accident. It's no coincidence. It's your mind and your heart screaming at you and trying to tell you that something is misaligned, that something isn't quite right. It is a sign. It is an opportunity for you to evolve and to reinvent yourself and to to step into your truest version of yourself. Step into the highest version of yourself to embody your purpose or your values in a way that feels right. Because at the moment, something isn't right. So if you're experiencing a crisis at the moment, firstly, just know that it is okay. Yes, it might feel really chaotic. It might feel really crap at the moment. It sucks, okay? Like I know it sucks to feel that confusion, feel that overwhelm, to to be so unsure about who you want to become or what it is that you want to do. I get it. But after hearing this story, I hope that this gives you almost the validation that what you're going through is meant to happen and and that it's going to lead to something bigger and better. You might not see it yet, but it, it is there. It's just on the other side of this crisis in quotation marks. It's just on the other side. You know, you, you can't see it yet because you're currently on the, the, the road and it's around the bend, but it is there. It's just on the other side. So trust and know that it is okay that you're experiencing this because this is meant to be happening. It's not an accident. This is your next step in your evolution and in your um, path as a human being working towards 
you know, actualization, self-actualization. It is a critical stepping stone. And then in order for you to work through it, well, sure, you can ride out the wave of the crisis and sometimes the answers will come to you. But really what I have found for myself and for clients is that, you know, problems don't fix themselves. You can ignore this feeling. You can play it small. You can play it safe and continue down the path that you're going now and just squash and suppress this feeling and this niggle that something isn't right. You could do that or you can take conscious action to look at, okay, what is happening here? Why am I really feeling like this? And then work towards getting clarity. And maybe that is reading more books and maybe it is actually doing more meditation and journaling so that you can understand what is the root cause of this feeling that something isn't right. Or maybe it is getting some assistance, getting some mentoring, joining a group program where you can experience maybe um, the deathbed visualization that I had, that I run my clients through, that give them so much clarity. And having the guidance, having someone walk you towards that path of clarity because you know you, you don't know what you don't know. So you might not really be in a place where you can guide yourself at this point in time and having someone else on the outside guide you and reflect back to you what you might not realize yourself can be the thing that helps. But that's what it takes. It does take conscious reflection and conscious action. You know, your your clarity and your 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 purpose isn't somewhere out there that's just going to come and hit you in the face one day when you're least expecting it and then suddenly you have all the answers. <laughs> like, you know how some people they take a gap year and go traveling. Well, I hate to break it to you, but your the answers and your purpose isn't just randomly somewhere on the other other side of the world in Italy or in Spain or in Bora Bora waiting for you to find it when you go traveling there. Like just traveling in order to find yourself can be a distraction strategy. It can be an avoidance strategy. But it takes conscious reflection and conscious action to uncover what's really happening. And then once you have clarity on what's really happening and what it is that you need to do, it's not done yet. The work ain't done yet. You can have all the answers, but if you don't execute, then you'll still be sitting in your quarter life crisis. Like for me, if I hadn't pivoted and rebranded my business and started embodying my purpose then I would still be in a quarter life crisis. I'd, I'd know what I need to do and I'd know what I want to do. But if I weren't doing it, then I'd still feel detached from my truth and detached from what it is I really want to do. And that would probably harbor a little bit of self-resentment, um, you know, lower self-esteem and all those things. So then the work is really done and the quarter life crisis or midlife crisis or all the crises, whatever it is, the work is really done to work through it and to end it when you start to execute based on what it is that you know you need to do. So that is actually how I want to finish up this episode with a reminder that our life is simply a series of small moments 
and small events one after the other. But it's these small moments that have the power to create the most meaningful change in our life. Like for me, it was when I crushed that snail. For someone else, it might be, you know, the death of a family member or maybe, you know, waking up one morning and just being like, I have to drag myself out of bed one more time and I'm going to snap. I'm doing something about this. Like it's the small moments. But like I said before, we do need to stop. We do need to reflect. We do need to execute in order to activate this change into reality. So then for you, next time this happens, next time a small event happens, maybe it's even during this episode, will you do something about it? Or will you just crush the shell of that snail, forget about it, and just move on onto the next thing in your life? Okay, fam, I hope that this episode has been eye-opening for you. I hope that it helps you to get to know me a little bit deeper and how I've gotten here and that it is going to empower you to take that next step to actualize your dreams into reality. And maybe for you, maybe for you, it is to take that next step through committing to your own development more and to have even more support and elevation and guidance in your journey. And that's where, once again, I do want to mention this is your last chance to join the A-Tribe for the second half of 2023. Like if you find that these episodes already create a shift in the way that you think and in the way that you act, then just imagine having me directly in your circle, Um, live calls, you know, weekly support and guidance That could be the thing that really drives you to the next chapter and the next elevation of results in your life. Once again, the link is in the podcast show notes. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. You keep shining your light on this world and I'll catch you in the next episode. Cheers.